Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of the Crystal Clear Watchmaking Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, here with my co-host, Jay, and today we have a wonderful guest here with us. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself? Um. Yes, thanks. I'm Sierra from Watches with a Woman. I have a YouTube channel and an Instagram with that name, and I'm excited to be on. We're excited to have you. Totally. Now, what I realized is your your brand name is such a simple name and somehow with great amounts of alliteration. I don't know how anyone could forget this. Thank you very much about that. When I was starting my account, it came to me and I was like, I like it. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, it's got a it's a great name. We don't ours doesn't have any alliteration or goodness in any way pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's catchy and it has a good acronym. Like how can you forget that www yeah, Thank World you. Wide Web. Yeah, easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, we brought you here because we had this discussion in like our first or second episode or something, and we were talking about ladies' watches. Uh, we had some possible opinions, but we thought we'd bring on an actual lady at some point to uh, correct <laughs> our opinions. Um, now, where we kind of left off, these were our sort of ideas so the first thing that we thought was that maybe companies that make women's watches have actually made all the correct decisions with focus groups, surveys, and sales data. You know, they, they get to see quite a bit. So even if we have complaints, maybe they're right financially, which would be too bad. And then the other mm -hmm. thought that we had was um, that we really wanted to see more ladies' watches because... Even as guys, sometimes ladies' watches come out that are kind of just more like vintage-sized, but quite nice. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of make things better for everyone when we when we see more of them made. Um, so I guess to start off, do you think there should even be a distinction between men's and women's watches? I mean, for the most part... At least going um, women into men's watches, I think that it should just be watches because um, a woman can pull off a man's watch very easily. There isn't really a styling that's um, out of reach. Like some watches can be sportier or different, but I mean, like I own um, an Omega Pro Prof, like a big gadget of a dive watch. But I've seen it's that still, thing. <laughs> yeah, and I have a six-inch wrist, so it's not not a small small watch but like i feel like also because i'm a woman i can i can still pull it off lug to lug it isn't crazy but also just because um women i feel like can get away with more fashion statements too yeah so maybe they can even push the boundaries even further so if a man's watch is a little bit out there can still pull it off if it, if it works on their wrist uh, yeah so there's that um and then going the other direction i i there are certain watches that have a very feminine look. They have a lot of diamonds or something. And I can see that maybe they want to distinguish that as a ladies' watch. Maybe that's less intimidating for women to get into. But then there's also watches like um, I was at the Alonga Boutique and they had a pink gold ladies' watch, um, which had kind of a tannish dial with a lot of texturing. And it was just so pretty. It looked like just... I, I think that that shouldn't have been distinguished just as a lady's watch because it was just such a unique, cool watch. Yes, it was like warmer 
tones and everything. But like, I think that for the most part, watches can be worn by anybody so, with that small subsect. So do you feel that um, the women watches is like an underserved market? Like, do you are you happy with what you can buy and what's out there? So I personally uh, just look at pretty much exclusively at men's watches at this point. Um, mm. When I was first getting into watches, I was looking at both men's and women's. Um, but then, like, there was a... Um, Tag Heuer Monaco is like my first real watch and it was just like the classic mm. blue dial and when I was trying on watches I tried on the women's version it was a black dial s- smaller square and I was just like well I wish they made a women's version of that blue one and I mean the the fact is that you can just go and try on that other watch so um I think that so because there is that um that ability to venture out into men's watches, I think that the the options are endless. I think it's more about making women feel comfortable with crossing into that Mm. and um, not feeling like there's a barrier to that, not feeling like, oh, maybe I can't wear that because it's a a men's watch. That's an interesting take. I I never, I didn't think about it. Because on on the the flip side, I personally, like guys, there's a stigma, like a, a guy wouldn't, normally wear a women's watch right mm-hmm. whereas i guess a, a woman can easily pull off a guy's watch and it's not that big of a deal yeah especially with how big some of the watches are getting some of the styles so you can't wear like the huge men's watches but because people are used to seeing bigger watches um, women can easily pull off a lot of men's watches for sure yeah now i found a, i found something looking at this for this episode that was to me it was just a sin okay uh, it was a women's watch by Adema Piguet. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're they're so fancy, you know, sniffing their own farts type of watch company. Okay, now, <laughs> so they're they always are like, oh, we are the otterology, uh, very fancy, all this, and then your your accents on point there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Now I'm gonna I'm just gonna slap this here in in the Skype. So if you're interested, you could take a peek down. But if you look to. at their collection of um, Royal Oaks, okay, at the bottom there's the women's Royal Oaks, 33 millimeters. They're quartz. Hmm. Yeah. Quartz Royal Oaks. I mean. Yeah. Come what is on. with the, What is with the women's watches that are quartz? When, whereas the guys' version is is mechanic. I completely agree. I don't what, understand. What is up with that? Um, I guess they just don't think that women would appreciate an automatic or a manual watch. Or they think it's like women don't care and it's a convenience thing in courts. So you don't have to, you know, like set it or you, know, you can mm-hmm. leave it in the drawer for a while. There's that. Maybe it helps keep some of the pricing down too. So they're like, oh, women won't spend that much on a watch. Yeah. So we have maybe. to make the courts. Yeah, but these are like solid gold diamond encrusted quartz watches. <laughs> They're definitely <laughs> pinching pennies there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. That seems like a strange thing to point out there. To me, to me I think it's almost like a disservice to women just to do that. But like, I don't know. It seems like you're just saying they don't, you don't care enough. Yeah, exactly. Or you don't want that, that extra level of... Um, detail. Sort of design. Yeah, detail. Yeah. Yeah, even though it's a huge detail, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And when, also when you have, like, I know that 
there's a lot of watches that don't have a display case back, but I think that women would still appreciate how beautifully finished some of the backs are and just how cool it is. Even when it's not finished, it's just like being able to see into that. Um, it's, yeah. it's really neat that that's a, an aspect of watches. It's not just like a, this throwaway thing. It's like a, a working mechanism, like a car or something. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously you can't do well. You could do that with a quartz watch, but it'd be look pretty boring. <laughs> and to be honest, if you look at these watches, even if their thought is women only like shiny things, okay, if that's where they're coming from, mm -hmm. if you look at these like Swiss decorated uh, movements, you know, they got the Geneva striping, they got the speculaire, the anglage. They're very shiny, you know. So. Exactly, they are. Even if that's what they think about women, there's no reason they shouldn't put them in there. Yeah, especially at these higher level watches. If you're going to have a royal oak, you want the finishing. <laughs> I, I just couldn't imagine, like, again, having a royal oak that's a quartz royal oak. It's just, I don't, I, I don't know why, but they must, they must have some market research that tells them this is what, it's what women want, as the movie name would say. Or maybe it's, um, if, even if the women are pinching pennies, maybe they're like, oh, they'll pay the same price for it, even if it is quartz. Yeah, and and all yeah, and like we were saying, it's like they're they're more they're they're transferring that budget to like the diamonds or like the the bling bling of it. Right. Yeah. Now I can tell you, I wish that I was born a woman. Sometimes <laughs> uh, when I look at the watch market, and the reason why is because the vintage women's market even from like the most tippity top tier brands are just dirt cheap because there's like mm -hmm. no interest. Yeah, it's it's like supply and demand, right? There's just not that much demand. So do you have a, do you have a thought on this uh, vintage market for women's watches? Um, so I haven't um, really been into vintage women's watches just because the size for me is really small. I like- They're itty bitty. They're so small. It's like a bracelet with a extra charm or something a charm that functions um <laughs> yeah but also there's these really small men's vintage pieces that are so small that um that are still in the 30 to 36 millimeter um range that maybe some men don't want to wear because it's so small but that's super accessible for women and the size looks great yeah so so, so I, I see, Sierra, that you kind of lean towards the, the bigger watches. Uh, am, am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's it's not necessarily on purpose. Just the watches I end up liking. Um, I really like super unique, funky, different things. Mm -hmm. And those just end up being bigger watches. I, I kept kept saying, oh, I'm gonna, going to get something under 40 millimeters as my next watch. Oh, I'm going to yeah. get something under 40 millimeters. It just hasn't happened yet. But yet, it will. It will. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, the, the market just leans toward, it's like, it's just the big, bigger case size now. It's harder to find exactly. a smaller watch. Um, even when you, that that is one thing is I think um, maybe you don't distinguish between men's and women's watches, but you need smaller versions of these of the watches. Like, I'm so happy that the IWC, the big pilot, has the 38 millimeter size available. Mm -hmm. um, I think that more watches need to have those smaller sizes because i mean even for some men's wrists it looks um some of these watches look incredibly big so especially if you're going to have a woman who has a six inch wrist a 
five and a half inch wrist, yeah. six and a half inch wrist, whatever. You need the options available for them to look at. Yeah, like I, I almost think like I don't even know if it's like a technical reason that it's harder to shrink down the movements inside. I like because because like the 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 Tudor Black Bay Fifty Eight, they had to make a whole. I think it's like a whole mm -hmm. new movement just to fit it into like just a very small difference in case size smaller. But yeah, I have a I have a six inch wrist myself, and it's like hard to find a good fitting watch. And I end and I'm like you, I end up having to like go into larger case size because that's all there is available. Your wrist exactly. twins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great size. Yeah, but it's it's small, but um, like for... it's small, but you get to wear smaller watches and they look good. Yeah, yeah. There's no shortage of big watches out there, but small watches. And and, and every time I buy a watch, I always have to adjust it so much to make it fit, like the the bracelet or the band. Yeah, I um the same way my um. Seiko Samurai, I had to take out so many links. It's basically the clasp. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> like all Seikos is like. Is there's there's like one link on one end, maybe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just look for curved lugs in your set. Yeah. So so, what are your some of your favorite watches? Like, what are, what watches are in your collection? Like, tell us about what you like, what you don't like. Um. So I have my collection's kind of varied. I have mostly modern watches um mm. i got most of them um pre-owned except for my two seikos i got those from the boutique but um i i just like really unique funky things like the omega plo prof i love the, the the seiko samurai that i got because it's just like a really angular k shape it has a kind of matte gray with hash texturing on the dial like that to me is really unique and um, then the square of the tag Monaco, the tag layer Monaco, and just something that's um, different. Mm. Um, and then fills a different gap in my collection. I just got my first vintage watch, but that was because my boyfriend um, did a great job for my birthday and found me a square vintage watch with a red dial, just like my logo, with a completely translucent case. So you can see the entire back and the sides of the movement. It's really awesome. So mm. um, that was... It fits in my unique collection, but it's, it fills my vintage hole. Which watch is that, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so it's a Lucerne digital watch, and I hadn't heard of it before, but um, it's super unique. It's a digital display. It kind of has the, the lines across the dial and across, um, and then... Oh, I'm, I'm looking up on, on Google. I, I think I see it. It looks really interesting. I post a lot. Um, I've started posting a lot of those on my... Um, Instagram, so you can definitely check it out there. Oh, okay, cool. It's cool when you just, even the strap itself is translucent, so it's fun. Cool. I like your taste in watches. Thank you. I, I, I don't know if, like, a lot of, like, if, if your taste is similar to a lot of other women's, because, like I said, the, the, the market they try to cater to is, like, small, like, almost bracelet-like kind of watches. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I do know, so I don't, there are other women watch enthusiasts. I just um, interviewed one for my channel and um, she's into more elegant watches, but also really like any sort of watch, like any style, any size, it just has to fit her wrist. So I think that there are, is definitely a market out there of people who are going to be wearing these men's watches. But I do know a lot of um, just a lot of women who don't wear watches in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea of, 
of how to get them started to be interested, maybe it is more on the jewelry side and maybe that's why the brands are focusing there to get new customers in. But I think that if they made um, smaller versions of a lot of the men's watches that women would definitely get into that. I mean, if you look at numbers, you'd have to say, well, half of all human beings are women, so there must be some untapped market there. <laughs> but but is it just like, is mm-hmm. it just one of those hobbies or interests that is like more men are more leaning towards? I don't know. Like I see a lot of women with Apple watches more than any other type of watch. That's true. I, but I do see a lot of men that are just into that as well. Um, I think that when you're in the watch hobby itself, it's kind of hard to think about what the world outside of it um, is thinking about because um, there are, it's mostly men in the, in the watch hobby, but there are a lot of women. And I think um, like the woman that I just interviewed, she, she only started her Instagram watch Instagram last year because she wasn't really sure she was kind of into watches. She's been into them for a while, but she wasn't sure if there was a place for her voice. Hmm. And so she got started with her, her Instagram, her own watch voice, um, her independent style is, is her, her name. So that's cool. That says something. And if she ever needs a place to microphone her voice, you know, there is the crystal clear watchmaking podcast, you know, (laughs) (laughs) happy, happy to pronounce her now. Quick question. So how do you see, okay, let's say you just got exactly what you wanted and the whole world was catered to your wishes which would be pretty nice. (laughs) How would the women's watch market look in that future? Uh, To me, I would just have more unisex watches and more smaller sizes available. I think that that's that's the move forward to get more women into watches is to instead of making a... Quartz Royal Oak women's watch covered in diamonds. <laughs> Maybe just make these, um, make some smaller sizes. Get a 36, uh, 34 millimeter up in here, 32, um, and get some more interest in rolling in. Uh, like you said, I'm not sure the feasibility with the, um, with movements being shrunk down, but for the most part, I think that if that is the way that the world goes, that more women are going to get into watches, especially with, um, social media being out there, with there being more women's voices, it being information readily accessible. I think it's definitely a market that can grow. Yeah. uh, Now, what I would say is I'm not going to let you give Audemars Piquet any leeway here with the whole shrinkage (laughs) of the movement thing, because you could definitely make movements that size. We know because the vintage market exists and they're like all this size, right? But when you get into like oh, it's going to be a turbial minute repeater uh, perpetual calendar, then you get some excuses. You know what I'm saying? That is true. That is true. But I think that you can still you can get a 40, 40 millimeter out of that and get some more six interests. Now, I know one big sticking point uh, for some women is like just diamonds on everything. How do you feel about diamonds in general, and also diamonds on everything, as a as a fad, I guess. <laughs> um, so, I'm I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of, of putting diamonds on everything. I've, I've seen it on certain people, and when it fits with their style, it works for them. But I don't think that's necessarily the answer of bringing women. Is stick some diamonds on it; it'll be shiny. She'll want it. I think when you're going after 
a diamond-coated watch, you're probably just going to get a bracelet. <laughs> but um, Oh, that's a really good point. The, the, the companies just seem to think diamonds and women, and so we'll just put, put the two together and put them on a watch. That seems to be what it's like. Like Rolex has a lot of diamond-encrusted models for women. Rolex has a lot of diamond-encrusted models for men. Do they? Oh, my gosh. That rainbow Daytona yeah. is a hideous monster. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> it's it's a unique thing. Yeah, the rainbow is definitely unique. I think if I was ever going to own something diamond encrusted, it's going to be a rainbow Daytona. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go. Go all out. How much do one of those go for anyway? Oh, gosh. Everyone, get on Google. <laughs> um, apparently, it's close to 300 Fifty to four hundred thousand dollars. Chump change. Chump change. Exactly. Yeah, you definitely couldn't buy any better watch for that kind of money. Definitely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm thinking about women's watches, I do understand the appeal of of diamonds on it. To be maybe you're wearing it more as a dress watch with a particular outfit when you're going out. Um, but when I Think of the women who I know that actually just wear watches, even the ones that aren't that into watches, but wear one for practicality reasons. They're wearing more subtle watches. Uh, like I have a friend, he got his um, girlfriend uh, a long sheen diving watch with a white dial. Um, like I think it was 32 millimeters and that's what it was. It was just small, white, like it was a really solid dive watch. I think he did a great job and she loved it because you aren't every day wanting to throw on a diamond encrusted right. something. Right, you can't wear that every day like to the office or something. Exactly. I do think um, brighter dial colors, uh, white colors, that could be a good way to go to bring um, more women's, to catch more women's eyes um, without actually making it uh, gaudy at all or too special, only for special occasions sort of thing. You know, I've got that segues me perfectly into an idea that I had here, which is a little bit of a fun, uh, I don't know, you know, like those reaction videos that they, that were so popular. We're going to do a reaction video segment here. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to paste some stuff into the Skype and, uh, yeah, just click on it and then tell us what you think. They're all sold as ladies watches. Okay. Number one, this Bremont looks pretty good to me. Let's open it up big. See, I think that's pretty cool. Um, as a women's watch, it's not too um, crazy. The styling is really similar to a lot of other Bremonts. Really classic, really clean. Has the date window, which I, I love a date window. Um, automatic movement. And that's 37 millimeters. Good on them. I like Bremont, but a lot of their watches are bigger. So I think that this is a really good call. For a women's watch, I don't. I don't even think you need to call it a women's watch. I think you can just call it yeah, a watch. Yeah, going back to too. the unisex point. Yeah, this is basically exactly what you were saying. Where you're like, just make them a little bit smaller and give me some choice. That's basically what this one is. Exactly. Yeah, and especially a lot of Bremonts are also really thick, so they can look. They can wear larger. So I think having something 37 millimeters, that's probably a really good size in person. Mm -hmm. I would definitely check this out. And the red on the, um, I guess the loom dot for the second hand, nice little pop of color. Good, good job, Bremont. Clap. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and we'll link them all in the uh, in in the description as well. Or the yeah. And I've got another one from them. Great. This one is a little bit more, maybe clearly targeted, but not too much. Let's see. Um, first reaction. I'm not sure how much of my style it is, but I think it's a really solid ladies' watch. It's something classic, clean, a little bit shiny and more feminine, but not um, not so crazy. Still really subtle. This you could wear. You could wear this to the office, and it has the blue on the uh, blue hands with the white dial. I think that's great. I love blue on a watch. Blue details. Yeah, this one looks nice. Um, it is a. Yeah, and it is a bit more feminine. I'm not sure that I would see a man wearing it, especially with the way the numerals are written. But um, I think, good job, Braymon, again. I think you're doing a good job with your ladies section. Um, <laughs> Clap, who is it, Giles, and um, what's the other one's name? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Let's see, I should say. Giles and Nick. Nick and Giles. Nick, no, Giles that's and Nick. right. See, see, Giles is just such a unique name. I'm like, I can remember that. Nick, Nick. Okay, it says on their About Us page, Nick and Giles English. Does that mean their last name's English? That is, right? Their last name is really English. And they're British guys. <laughs> back when they were still sort of newer. It's like... Yeah, it's perfect. I, um, Back when they were kind of on the newer side, I went to a talk with them. And yeah, that was their real name. They were really nice guys, too. So I'm glad they're doing good things for ladies' watches. You talked with them? Um, Yeah, this was years ago. Oh, cool. Um, years ago. But um, I, I grew up mostly in London, so oh. I was over there. I think I was still in high school. Oh, that's cool. At this point. And yeah, I grew up over in London, so um, very close to Vermont. And they had an event, um, an event nearby. My dad's also into watches, so we went there together. And I thought that they were a really cool brand back then, so I'm glad to see they're doing cool things with women watches now. Yeah, they're pretty under the radar brand. And this one's, so this one's 34 millimeters. That's actually probably a really good size for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. um, like when I'm mm -hmm. thinking about my um, friend's girlfriend and when I'm thinking about some of my friends that would wear watches, this is good. And to be honest, the price isn't that crazy either for the quality of watch you're getting. This one's 4,400. Does it have the little diamonds and indicators there? Or are those just I think those are just polished shiny? metal polished metal um yeah but still really solid watch yeah it's a nice size too i i wished in the pictures they'd show something to give the like the, the idea of the size instead yeah if yeah. they could show it on a wrist yeah because because if without knowing it's 34 millimeters it, it looks like a lot bigger watch because of the bracelet exactly and it's so it's 10 and a half millimeters thick that could wear it's probably going to wear a little bit bigger than 34 millimeters yeah um but it's i because it starts that small it's probably depending gonna on the lug to lug. depending on the lug to lug that's true but i would i would even try this one on yeah and it's got really impress impressive specifications here to 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 touch back on what you're talking about with the uh the hands and the indices it's saying that the indices are applied silver and the blue hands are heat treated, which is the only acceptable way of doing that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's got like a glucidor balance. So, you know, it's a it's a women's watch and they're actually putting in some nice, nice uh, top tier uh, watchmaking parts. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And 42 hour power reserve. So even if you're setting it down for for a day, 
or two, you're going to be fine. Yeah, that's a long time. Okay, next one. This is this one is way more on the ladies watch as the industry thinks of ladies watches. So for those following along, this is the Blanc Pan um it's the Saint Valentine. So it's their Valentine's Day watch and it uh this is their 2017 version cuz I guess they release a new Valentine's watch almost every year. Oh wow. Okay. Um huh. This is um, mm, this is jewelry. <laughs> I, I mean, you'd wear it on Valentine's Day. I would wear it. I would double wrist on Valentine's Day to wear it, but I don't know <laughs> much more than that. So it's, I guess is it Mother of Pearl? It kind of looks like it. I'm, I haven't seen. Yeah, the dial looks like it's some pearl type stuff. And it has that little heart, pink heart at the 12 o'clock. Lots of diamonds. Red bracelet. Um, arrow is a second hand, like Cupid arrow. You have to love the arrow. That's the whole reason we're looking I at this mean, watch. They're, they're definitely they're, they're going for something. It's just a little <laughs> bit cheesy for me. Exactly. But... Do you guys don't think it'd be cheesy to wear this on Valentine's Day? Um, I guess I guess. It'd... I mean, if there's any day to be cheesy, it's Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day. But I guess this stays in the watch box for most of the year. Um, I I think that the woman who gets this isn't going to be into watches right isn't going to and it isn't yeah. going to keep wearing this yeah. consistently every day um so it's not really the entry in that sort of way i'm sure there's a market for it so i feel like this got a thumbs down yeah there yeah we're gonna go with that i'm not <laughs> going to correct you there <laughs> i'm curious to know how much this watch is do we know i don't see on here can't be too cheap with that many diamonds. Exactly, yeah. A lot of diamonds. Exactly. Now, it does have a Glucidor balance wheel, just like the Bremont. Just just to push for this one a little bit. And the balance spring is silicon. Okay, so this is kind of nice on the inside, actually. Um, good job pointing that out, Luke. Very good. <laughs> I like your support. Good attitude. I have to say their other Valentine's Day ones are hideous, though. This was the only good one. Are they? I'm really curious now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just did a quick Google search. Um, we're going to move the thumbs down up slightly in comparison to the others. <laughs> the others get two thumbs down? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's more more appropriate. Um, at least this one's clean. So it looks like a clean piece of jewelry. Yeah. Like the other ones, I don't even think look good as jewelry. Exactly. I think that's the that's the problem. This is fine as a as a bracelet. Um, it's just strange that it's a watch. Yeah, I I, I feel like that like insanely red uh, strap is also like too much. The red alligator. I mean, I guess if you're going to commit to this, commit to it. But <laughs> what else would you put on there? I don't know. Is is there a way that you can get something that dresses it down a little bit and makes it less insane looking? I guess you could put it on like a tan or a camel colored alligator. Yeah. Kind of bring it down, but keeps the red, goes with the red still, the red of that arrow. But I don't know. If you're going for a watch like this, you're probably going to go for the red alligator. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess they're probably right. <laughs> hey, when you peek at when you peek at this picture, these are quick release straps. Really? Oh, that is cool. 
Yeah, that's actually kind of surprising. I, I wouldn't have expected that from that kind of watch. I wouldn't either, but I, I like a good... I want a quick release strap. That'd be awesome. Yeah. None of my watches um, have that at the moment. Well, you're missing out. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> One day, the collection will grow. So, so, so they're normal watches? Like, if you just go to the blank pane normal page they're pretty normal looking like they're pretty some of them are pretty nice yeah blanc pond there's nothing wrong with the company in general but this stuff is uh <laughs> can get a little bad just a, a watch brand pushing into jewelry i guess they're hoping a husband buys a watch and happens to catch this this happens to catch their eye in the store yeah that's actually a good point mm-hmm. that's probably what they're trying to do here yeah, I, I doubt a woman's going onto Blancpain's website to look for something like this. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like a gift. Go and you get a 50 Fathoms and grab yourself one of these. <laughs> so I'd say just get, get a um, one of those smaller dial 50 Fathoms. Yeah, the 50 Fathoms looks pretty nice. It is. The dive watch. And it has uh, like really sharp lines. Nice little diamond um, shape on the bezel. Yeah. So there, you can get get your your sweetheart one of those. It has a diamond. <laughs> okay, I've got one more reaction watch for you. For this one, we're reaching into the into the heights of horology and the the best makers out there trying to make a women's watch, um, one that is so nice. I I think I would wear this one of these. <laughs> I'm curious, um, I'm curious. You're hyping it up too much. Let's get the ladies' opinion. This is made by MBNF, and it's the Flying T. Ooh, MBNF. They have some fun watches. Let's see here. That's a crazy watch. Oh, wow. That is a flying saucer with diamonds. Okay. Where is there? Is there more pictures of this? Whoa, the entire dial has um, diamonds. I just saw the side view at first. Where's right so there's (laughs) three different versions so one version is just black enamel that's the one Mm -hmm. that i think is the best of the three then there's one with like squarey diamonds and then one that has uh circular diamonds but i'm mostly asking about the black enamel one because i know the other two are probably too much the black dial i mean as crazy as it is I can see why you would wear it. I think I would, I might as well. It's definitely out there, um, but it's an MBNF, so it's going to be squiggly hands. Um, you get to see some of the the movement sticking out of it. And it's like stacked vertically. Thirty-eight and a half millimeters. That's not bad. Yeah, for a, for a tourbillon. Exactly. So, um, yeah, AP can shrink some some. Royal Oaks up in here. If uh, Turbion can be 38 millimeters, 38 and a half millimeters. <laughs> I don't think AP is ever going to compete with MBNF. <laughs> MBNF is the next level above, you know? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. I wish they'd show some, like a, like a video or a thumbnail of it actually moving to see what it looks like. That would be cool. I mean, this is just a cool piece of engineering displayed really in a really neat way. I mean, I guess it's a women's watch because it has the diamonds and that's what they're, <laughs> where they're going with it and the size. And the size, um, yeah. But 
I mean, I think actually 38 and a half millimeters, that'd look great on a lot of guys. I'm not sure what they would feel about the diamonds, but oh, here we go. They, they have some photos of it on some women's wrists. That's actually really neat. That's neat. Um, I think that a lot of MBNFs, though, I would wear and a lot of women would wear. I don't think this is particularly more ladylike than some of their others, um, especially with their fun colors that they have. But it's really neat. I think sometimes like going with what you're saying, they should just have watches and not say they're men or women's watches. Just to have the watch and whoever wears it wears yeah. it. Yeah, I think um, saying this is a women's watch might scare some men away. But Yeah, for sure. Maybe if it didn't say women's uh they would think that they'd scare women away, but yeah, could be. How much is this thing, Luke? <laughs> Do we even want to know? We probably don't want to know. <laughs> I'm looking at the manual. It's just it's three pages. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the black lacquer version, hundred and fifteen thousand pesos or dollars or uh, USD. Okay, which I have to say, I mean, when you take into account the fact that that you know, Rolex Daytona, which isn't half the watchmaking that this is. You know, it's a tenth of the watchmaking that this is, and it's four times more expensive. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. But the da- Daytona is like, it's expensive because of its like reputation. Yeah, it's because it's got the crown on it. Yeah. So what's the final verdict, Sierra? Final verdict? I think that this one's a thumbs up. It's a thumbs up, definitely. <laughs> I think that... Um, does it need to be distinguished as a women's watch? I don't know about that, but I definitely appreciate this watch. So good on MBNF. Okay. Another clap. MBNF, Bremont, completely different sides of the spectrum, but both doing cool things here. And I think it's both because they look unisex. Even the ones that this MBNF and the, the second Bremont that we looked at that have a feminine edge, they aren't over the top um, screaming at you. I am a lady's piece of jewelry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that helps. Bremont is definitely the most reserved in, in that respect, I'd say, of, of the three that we, we looked at. Yeah, especially that first Bremont, which makes sense because that's their design aesthetic. They're really clean, simple, classic. Yeah. It'd be strange if they threw something out that looked like the Valentine's Day watch. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like what we learned is that you don't like just diamonds everywhere. I don't think that most women do. I think it's just because it, I, it seems like they're just making jewelry instead of trying to get women interested in watches. I mean, for women to buy like this MBNF, they'd have to be really into watches to lay down that kind of money. Or to even know about MBNF. Yeah, they would. Like, how many do they sell, I wonder? Ooh, MBNF is usually one of those companies that does like 20 of each or something like that highly specialized definitely but they won an award for this actually oh they did what was what was the award it was like best women's watch wow (laughs) i think it's in the corner of the main pictures like gphg i can't even read it oh ladies complication watch prize yeah well i can see why they won that Wow. It's also probably the easiest prize to win because so few ladies' watches have any complication at all. Exactly. Glad that they've been stretched for it. Hopefully it's worth it for them so we can see more. Do you see the case back too? Yeah, it's like it's like a bubble itself. Yeah. 
like a sun bursting. That's really neat. So, is there anything else that we'd like to cover on women's watches? Any words left unsaid? Let me see. Because when people leave, I want them to say, oh, I know everything that I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if not, they can check out Sierra's, you know, Instagram, YouTube. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> that is that is a solid point. Jay, you're right on t- right on top of things. Here. I, I like yeah. that. No, yeah, I mean, but before we did this podcast, I, I like checked out a couple of videos and they're and they're good so i mean if i was a woman that's where i would go thank you um i think also just in terms of women's watches there's so many brands out there that are doing really cool things with like dials that look um really um unique and intricate not in a way that where it's just blinged out but in a way where it's really um pretty like the ones there's a watch brand let me think if i can think of the name here there's trilobe watches um they're really unique. They tell the time with these three um, separate wheels mm. inside. So it plays the hours it. on the outside, minutes, seconds, and it has that kind of floral pattern. Um, That's cool. The arrows, yeah, the arrows pointing to the time are kind of like leaves falling. Um, so you can get something like that that's really unique. And actually, um, the woman that I interviewed a few days ago, um, her independent style. She told me about a brand that I hadn't heard of before, um, which is called, and again, forgive, forgive the pronunciation here, um, Schwarz Etine? Schwarz Etine? It's um, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z. Etienne. Ah, Schwarz Etienne, I think is Schwarz Etienne. <laughs> um, there we go. Thank you. Um, should have guessed that you'd be able to pronounce that with all of your, your French accents before, even though this is this is um from Geneva, I think. So. The Swiss speak French. That is true. That is true. That's why it's they have a different orology. accent. I see what you're saying though. These are nice. They have some really cool, like floral designs that are intricate, not blinged out. So it has that kind of vibe of something more jewelry esque while still being in the watch realm more than I'm just going to stick some diamonds on something. Mm, it seems more yeah. purposeful. Yeah, these are like a lot more creative. Exactly. I'd rather see creativity to bring a jewelry aspect in. Um, yeah. Because I would wear these watches. Something really unique and fun. There was another watch that I saw, trying to think of the name, that ha- also had kind of a floral pattern. It moves, um, I guess might have to help me think of it here it looks like if you guys know what it is it looks like a flower on the dial and everything moves so it's like the the patterns are changing colors am i describing this well at all um, is that the one you have luke the the the, the humanism the humanism dasein <laughs> don't, don't tell me it's, don't tell me is that one do i already own a women's watch i'm so proud how, of how do you how do you spell that I will. I'm. I'm throwing it in the Skype right now. I don't know if it's <laughs> the one, but that's the first thing that came to mind. When... It is the one. See, I think women would get into that. It is the one. Not because it's not because it's a feminine watch, <laughs> but because it's super cool, and it has that really intricate cool. something fun. And I think that that's more what women would want than to maybe if they're not interested in watches because they don't want like a boring classic timepiece. Not that it's boring, but like maybe they want something more interesting and creative like this i think this is a men's or women's watches if i saw somebody walking down the street i'd be like that's cool <laughs> so okay good job. so you're what, saying what, that which one because you i own? own this <laughs> you own one 
I like clap to you. Well, I'm glad that I'm a cool dude now. I I I I didn't see anyone like I didn't think to describe it as a flower when I first saw it. I thought it looked like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. But now that you're saying it's a flower, but yeah, I can see it now. I mean, both, both, but either way, it's just really cool. And I don't think it's bad that a watch can be worn by a woman um, because I think that a lot of women wear a lot of fun watches and men can wear them too. So I think just blur those lines, blur them right away. You have good taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, like this watch, it's not even marketed as a guy or girl watch. It's just, just there. It really shouldn't be. It's not. It's a human watch. It's humism. <laughs> humism. Exactly. So along these lines, let me say something crazy. Okay, so we got really interesting dials, um, sharp designs and stuff. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Is the Seiko Snowflake women's watch? Oh, you know, I think that women would really like that. And I have a buddy who has one and, and I've seen women see it and I think that they react positively. Um, it's a cool dial texture. It's not like Mother of Pearl, which is more the classic women's, but it still has that really fun extra level of dimension and kind of shine to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that's a good thought there. But again, it's big. 41, 41 I want to say. I mean, I'm I'm wearing a Seiko Samurai right now that's, um, I don't know, I think it's close to 43, 42.5 or something millimeters. So 41's fine. <laughs> be fine. I'm looking forward to the days when we just wear clock faces like shields on our arms. <laughs> <laughs> like a Captain America shield. Forward. Yeah, that's a, that's a giant clock. Would it be a watch or a clock at that point? A clutch is maybe what it would be called. A clutch. <laughs> a clutch. Just be a port. You're just gonna start pulling around portable clocks. I think, I think that overall things are going to start reverting to smaller sizes anyway. You see that happening. So yeah, I think as that soon trend as that shrinks coming. even more, exactly. So women are going to be able to access some of these things. So if we just promote enough, if ads target women enough, maybe we can, maybe we can slowly trickle more into the hobby. Yeah, and some of the bigger watches that. You know, like the Seiko Snowflake, even though they're a little bit bigger, they're starting to move towards, like, titanium, you know? Yes, it's more wearable, light. Yeah. Well, Sierra, any last words? Um. Just for the podcast. We're not going to kill you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> any last words? Um, I, I didn't think I'd go out like this. Um, no, I, um, I really appreciate being on. It's been a good podcast. I think we covered a lot. I like some of the watches that you showed me too. I'm glad that you knew what I was talking about with the humism watch and good job owning one. I've seen these. They're super cool. I haven't seen one in person. So one day I'm going to have to see. Yeah. Luke was very proud of it. Good job, Luke. If you want to review it on your, on your YouTube, I can send it over to you. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay. Jason, you want to plug her socials? <laughs> um... You're good at that. <laughs> it's it's what instagram youtube it's all it's all the same uh, yep. name right yep just watches with a woman it's all one word easier to find in youtube that way awesome we're we're happy to have you on sierra well, thanks very much for having me it's been it's been a good chat absolutely wonderful guest we'll see all of you next week we'll continue to discuss gears springs oils watches brands all things watches and watchmaking